Let's seek the Lord in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee for the old, old story of Calvary's hill. We thank thee, Lord, for that wonderful revelation of God's love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, how we do confess, we do need that fresh remembrance of that old, old story. Lord, like David, we feel our hearts, Lord, rising up within us, and Lord, seeking to accuse us that we have no standing with thee. And Lord, we pray that you will come, and Lord, even through the reading and the preaching of God's word, that Lord, you'll minister to our hearts and say, be still, for the Lord is for us. So Lord, come, minister to us here this day, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll read from God's word, uh, Gospel Matthew, Matthew chapter 14, uh, reading verses 22 to 31. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him on to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? We'll sing a well-known hymn, the hymn, I was sinking deep in sin, sinking to rise no more.
Well, folks, it's good to see you in the meeting, and we bid you welcome in the Saviour's name. I want to thank the Reverend Murray also for leading the meeting for us. Appreciate his help in the service tonight. I want to draw your attention to the reading that was done a little earlier in the service in Matthew chapter 14. And today we're going to be looking at the verse 30 and considering together Peter's sinking cry. The Apostle Peter was a very likable individual in the Word of God. He said many things that he didn't mean. Uh, sometimes he spoke without thinking what he was saying. He often made mistakes. He got things wrong. And I'm sure you and I can identify with that. We are just like that in life, aren't we? And here the disciples in Matthew 14 are caught in a storm on the Sea of Galilee, as verse 24 shows to us. We read there that the winds were against them, and the disciples were alone, and they were tossed about in the waves. And in the fourth watch of the night, the Lord Jesus Christ comes walking towards them on the water, and when they saw Him, they were deeply afraid. They were troubled, as verse 26 shows to us and they cried out for fear. And then the Lord Jesus replies to them in the verse 27 and says, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And when Peter hears the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, he asks, Lord, bid me come unto you on the water. And the Lord says, Come, in the following verse. And we find that Peter gets out of the boat and he walks on the top of the water to go towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And after walking a little bit, he sees that the wind is boisterous and the waves are against him. He gets his eyes off the Lord, and Peter begins to sink. And in verse 30, he cries out, Lord, save me. Here we have Peter's sinking cry. And what we have in this text of Scripture, I believe, is a wonderful picture in the gospel of a sinking soul being saved. That's just like a, an individual by the name of Richard who grew up in Boston in Massachusetts, but grew up in a poor family. When he was aged nine, his father died of lung cancer, and his mother tried her best to support the four children in the home. After high school, Richard joined the U.S. Air Force spending four years there, getting married along the way. And after leaving the American Air Force, his budding talent for finance began to dominate his life. He graduated in accountancy and then worked for an insurance company and joined a credit union as its controller. And that move spelled the beginning of the end for Richard. In the year 1980, he helped to launch another credit union for a digital company, and soon he became its chief executive officer, and the businesses began to spread out, and soon he was in charge of 20 businesses and investing heavily on the stock market. He now owned a 9,000-square-foot luxury mansion. He had his own private jets, luxury sports cars, and many other properties, and, prop and doors began to open for him further on a grander scale, often hoodwinking the authorities, and his illegal dealings 
were discovered in 1991. He was charged with bank fraud, money laundering, and numerous charges of conspiracy. He found himself unable to face the thought of spending many years in jail. And so he made the momentous decision to run away from his court hearing and forfeit the $50,000 bail bond. Four days before the court hearing, he kissed his wife goodbye. He headed for Logan International Airport in Boston. He cut off the electronic tag, took thousands of dollars with him, flew off to Dallas, then went to Houston, catching another train to or plane to Nashville, paying for everything in cash so that the police couldn't follow him. For six weeks, being away, he skipped around different hotels in the Nashville area, and needing a new identity, he stumbled upon a, a scheme to buy a phony driver's license from California under a new name. He burnt most of the cash that he had brought with him within a year, partying and gambling and playing on the stock market. And he lost heavily, very, very heavily one night in a casino in Mississippi. And with the money drying up, he decided to try suicide. He connected a pipe to the exhaust of the car, put it in through the driver's window, sealed it all up, drank a full bottle of wine. He thought he would have painless death. And to accompany him during those lonely moments, he decided to turn on the radio. And lo and behold, there was a gospel radio broadcast taking place. Richard listened to it. And at the end of that radio broadcast, having sunk down far in life, he cried out to the Lord to save him. He had never been interested in the gospel before. Now wanting to know more, he drove to a bookshop and bought a Bible and started to listening to Christian tapes. And for several months, he devoured the Bible while hiding away in a trailer in the hill country of Tennessee. He knew he had to give himself up, and that's exactly what he did. He was arrested, sentenced to jail in November 1995. He was now aged 51. He quickly connected with a godly prison chaplain who introduced him to discipleship courses, and he grew in the Christian faith. He immersed himself in studying the Scriptures, and while he was in jail, he memorized over 2,000 verses of Scripture. In all, he served 15 years in prison. He was released from jail. That man is now approaching the age of 80, serving the Lord, ministering to those convicted of white-collar crime. Money used to sit on the throne of his heart, but now Jesus Christ sits there as Lord and Master. There's the testimony of a sinking man who was delivered by the Lord, spiraling downwards and out of control. It's a wee bit like Peter. Found himself spiraling downwards. And here he cries, his sinking cry, Lord, save me. As we consider Peter's sinking cry, notice first of all it was a short cry. It doesn't take long to read it. It's only three words in length. And certainly Peter did not multiply words. What he cried here was real. It was straight from the heart, and Peter meant it. 
and he knew he was going down. He knew that he needed to be rescued, and he was prompt in issuing this short cry. You'll notice that he didn't have time on his hands. Time was against him. His circumstances were against him. He didn't have long to pray. He didn't also try to impress the Lord Jesus Christ with his knowledge of the Old Testament Scriptures. He didn't start to go into a whole rigmarole as to why the Lord should save him. He still didn't start telling the Lord about the good things that he had done in life. He didn't try to swim his way out of trouble. He realized he was sinking, and he prayed. And folks, that is wise. He turned to the Lord, and that turning to the Lord resulted in his rescue. You'll notice he went to the right source. He said, Lord, save me. And many folks there are in life who go to the wrong source and try to save themselves. Maybe they'll try a guidance counselor. Maybe they'll consult an agony aunt in the local newspaper. Maybe they'll try to become religious, go to chapel, go to church. Such people totally misunderstand the Lord's command in Psalm 50 verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. And Peter was quick to call upon the Lord. He didn't wait until he had tr tried a whole host of other remedies, or wait till things got totally out of control. No, as soon as he began to sink, he issued this short cry. How true it is that short prayers are not inferior prayers. They're not worthless. There are many short prayers in the Word of God. Jesus warned his hearers against praying long prayers like the heathen did because they thought they'd be heard for their much speaking. Remember Elijah on the Mount Carmel as he took on the prophets of Baal in 1 Kings 18 verses 36 and 37. It's a short prayer. When you read it, it only takes 14 seconds to read it. When you think of the publican going up to the temple to pray after hearing the religious Pharisee multiply his words his prayer was very short indeed. It's only six words. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Remember the penitent thief upon the cross. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. A short prayer. Nine words in length. Friends, when we are seeking the Lord for salvation, don't waste words. Just come as you are. Be like Peter here. Be sincere, be, be direct, go to the Lord. It was a short cry. Secondly, it was a simple cry. He simply wanted to be saved. Peter knew he was sinking and perishing and going down, heading in the one direction to a watery grave, and he knew that the end was near. And, and mankind tonight are in a similar plight to Peter, sinking in sin going in the one direction to a lost eternity, heading for a, a Christless eternity. And the problem with society is that many in society don't realize that fact that they are sinking, not aware of the consequences to their soul of going down to a Christless hell. Many have fostered the evolutionary idea that we all start at the bottom and we're making our way to the top. Folks, that idea does not square up with, with Scripture. 
And there are many things that Peter needed at that moment. We could say he needed dry clothes. He needed the safety of the boat. He needed to be home again. He needed a, a sure footing. And Peter didn't start to tell the Lord everything that he needed. His real need was salvation. And folks, that's the same with all of us. All of us have real needs. We have needs about food and clothing, but education, needs of employment, health, financial stability, house to live in, many, many other things. But the, the primary thing that you and I need above everything else in life is God's salvation. To know that it is well with your soul, that your sins are forgiven, that you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder, do you realize your greatest need? The day that we were born, we're all heading in the one direction. The Bible calls it the broad road that leadeth to destruction. And doing nothing while on the broad road, left to ourselves on the broad road, dying without Jesus Christ on the broad road, we'll all end up in a lost eternity. And folks, that's why we need to do what Peter did. Simple cry, Lord, save me. Lord, save my soul. Lord, I repent of my sins. Lord, I'm sorry for the wrongs that I have done in life. Lord, you said in your word that your blood cleanses from all sin. Well, cleanse away mine. Wash me. Make me clean. How we need to come face to face with the reality of our own situation that we are sinking sinners. We need to admit and need to do something about it like Peter did and simply call out on the name of the Lord to save us. The Lord's the only source that we go to. There is no other way of salvation but through Jesus Christ and Him alone. You and I can speak directly to Him. I wonder, will you, wherever you are, Simply just bow your head. Shoot a short, simple prayer to the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't need to know theology. don't need to know the Bible. You just need to know that you're a sinking sinner. And you need Jesus Christ. And that He died on the cross to save you and shed His precious blood. And lastly, this was a successful cry. When Peter issued this sinking cry, the Lord heard him and reached down his hand and caught him. And Peter got what he, what he asked for. The wonderful truth of God's Word is that the moment that you and I call upon the Lord for salvation, the Lord saves us instantaneously. There's no more sinking in sin. The Lord Jesus Christ caught Peter by the hand. And I wonder, will you do what Peter did? And get your eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter's saving was all down to the Lord Jesus Christ's ability and power to save him. Romans 1 verse 16 speaks of the gospel being the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And if you cry to the Lord, you too will be successful. Salvation is not dependent upon your efforts. It's in Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. Richard was a sinking soul. 
He cried to the Lord to save him when he heard that gospel program on the radio. And I trust that through this production, that God's Word will speak to your soul. It will also be timely and providential in your life, and that you too will call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ came to Peter where he was. And folks, as we conclude, the Lord has come to you through this gospel message. Gospels presented to you. And I wonder, will you call? Will you ask the Lord Jesus to come into my heart? Make me ready for heaven. I trust you will do so. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for your presence amongst us. We thank you, O God, for the reading of your word and the singing of the hymns. We thank you, Lord, for the message. We pray that you will bless it to every one that has heard. We thank you that the Lord does hear our sinking cry. And we pray that there will be those listening who will realize their need and call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that when they do so, their cry will be successful and the Lord will lift them. Have mercy, we pray. And we ask that through this message, you will bring glory to your name. Your lost sheep will be found. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. 